Hi, Stanford. How are you? I'm great. Not not in pain. Not in pain. So good. How about you? I'm I'm good actually. Um, tonight, I think we're going to just have a little bit of conversation about back pain. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and then back pain comes into several categories, doesn't it? So you've got sort of the that sort of common lower back pain, you know, that sort of aching that people get in the back. And, and you've got sort of lower back pain, then you've got chronic lower back pain, which is actually slightly different from lower back pain. Um, and then you've got sort of, I, I see, you know, quite often back pain into the upper area. So up into the sort of upper shoulders, neck area between the shoulder blades. Um, so into the neck. So I think we've got sort of, these are sort of, for me, the common areas that we have back pain. Um, the reason back pain is of interest to me, I, I went to see someone last week and uh, he had back pain. And I said to him, so how did you do this lower back pain? And I was, what I was doing is I was getting him to stand and he could, he's, as he was standing, he was kind of leaning forwards, like like his body was all just leaning forwards completely utterly. He just couldn't straighten himself up at all. And I palpated his spine down, you know, when you do palpation on the lower, mm. I felt all the vertebrae and that lumbar area, you know, that kind of the, the lower lumbar that should be a so, so sort of, it should have a nice, nice lordotic curve, this beautiful, wonderful little curve and all the vertebrae should be in line with each other. I mean, it was, it, it, it was jagged. I mean, it was like all going in the opposite direction. And I was like, oh, I said, how did you do this? He's a really, really nice, sweet guy. He said, I was, I was deadlifting 160 kilos. I was like, hmm. oh, wow, dirt. Why? <laughs> exactly. And I think this forms part of this because quite often what we find is that there's numbers of different reasons we get back pain. Um, lots of different reasons we get back pain. And, and some of it comes down to structural issues or inappropriate awkward use, as we'll come to discuss within the different case studies we'll talk about tonight. And then you've got excessive use of the body, such mm -hmm. as excessive physical training or, you know, a, a creating a, some kind of pushing action with the body where you take it to an extreme. And I think repetitive movement probably fall into that category as well. Yeah. And then, and then you've also got insufficient use of the body. So a lack of physical maintenance. So they're kind of like the, the, the sort of, uh, as you'll find from other other cases that we'll discuss tonight, is that actually, you know, some people just don't move the body and because of insufficient use is an absolute disaster with it. So I, as I was palpating this and I was just feeling this guy's spine, that all this heat was coming off it. You know, you felt the, the you know, the muscles either side um, and how tense they were. I was looking at his face and his position. I was like, you know, in, out of 10, how's the pain? He was like nine. Okay. Uh, this is quite serious. So it, so for me, I, I come across on a regular basis back pain. And it isn't just purely physiological. You know, often I come across it where it's psychological or also psychosocial as well. So you've got this kind of impact with regard to our society too. So mm -hmm. firstly, what 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 is back pain? What is what is back pain from your perspective? So from a medical perspective, is any pain that is on the back line of the body, that is uh, on the back line, not the whole of the body, the torso. So as you say, it can be around the shoulders area, which is kind of the upper back, mid back, mm -hmm. which is kind of 
around towards the base of the ribs, but also towards the lower back and all the way down to the coccyx, so down towards the tailbone. And mm. very interesting, interestingly, sometimes actually, because how nerve works, as you know, sometimes the one area actually refer their pain to another area. So sometimes say like in pregnancy, when the mm. pelvis get a little bit more um, mobile as the pregnancy that. actually uh, progress and actually the weight of the body increases because the baby and the placenta and everything is growing. Mm. So actually, the sometimes the pressure that the pelvis have to endure creates some sort of discomfort or painful sensation. And that often, when I used to work in maternity, I can see that I actually would say the pain was felt in the lower back area when we know actually the cause is somewhere else, maybe slightly more towards the front of the pelvis or towards one side of the joint. Sometimes this is very more much more rare is actually pain due to a deeper structure so inside the abdominal cavity pelvic cavity or even the bony structure so it's not quite in the musculoskeletal layer which is usually where pain is felt mm. um, i really like your definition how like you lined up well what chronic back pain is very very common and it mm. is common it's like about i think 50% of um, all working adults will have at least like once a year kind of thing. So it's quite, quite mm. common, but that's uh, defined chronic chronicity is defined by pain that has been enduring, uh, endured for more than six months at a time. Right. So, um, okay. or sometimes actually, no, sorry, three to six months, sorry. So sometimes it can be more than 12 weeks as well, but sometimes it can be just an acute pain, which is like, let's say you lifted something in an inappropriate position you didn't bend your knees properly enough and actually you to put too much pressure into your back and cause acute pain mm, but then then there's you see this is i, I think you, there's a distinct thing here between something like low you know lower back pain and chronic lower back pain because in one way what you're saying within something being chronic is that actually it's been going for a, a long period of time mm. and I find that interesting because actually when you look at back pain, most back pain resolves itself quite quickly. Hmm. Quite often when you rest things, when you create a, a cycle where you you look at the steps that you've taken, the activity you've taken, you re reduce the activity or change certain things. Because for me, back pain comes into three different camps, three different areas. One is that, it, you know, I was with a, with a lady this week and she was doing lots and lots and lots of driving. And she was, you know, driving, she's got three children. She was driving here, there, everywhere. And she's like, my back is so absolutely in huge amounts of pain. And all we did is we did just a very, very small practice with some stretches, just activated the parasympathetic nervous system. We made sure that everything was okay, settled the muscles, settled the body. and she was like i'm out of pain i feel so good and so for me this is the first sort of camp or group of people and it's where we kind of we we have an understanding of, of what the cause is we understand what they've they, they've gone through and we then put in place a number of different things which actually you know can really help the situation and they get out of pain so they they come out of pain very quickly then i was with them um, I work with another lady. She's got extreme scoliosis. So she's got a structural um, issue within the spine. And she's also hypermobile. And there's a weakness within the muscles as well. And she's also got definitely got one leg longer than the other. And 
for her, she needs to a practice every single day. She has to work on her back every single day in order to make sure that actually she reduces the pain and gets out of pain. Because for her, pain comes at night quite a lot. Um, and then it comes on later on in the afternoon. So time of day is also quite interesting in this as well. And then I've got um, someone else who, no matter what happens, they just seem to be in pain in their body all the time, especially in the back. And yes, breathing helps. Yes, these other things help, but actually the pain is still there. So for me, it's just kind of like these three areas, these three sort of categories um, that I find and come across quite a bit as, you know, working with people with back pain. Um, what what do you see? What's the, the sort of patterns that you see quite a lot with regard to this? So I think I see more of the people in the second and the third category, because I think usually if people can do something small or something change of habits and actually get themselves out of pain, very often they don't get to see their doctors. So actually, even as a psychiatrist, um, we very rarely see those people and or, or what they were mentioned. Now, something has happened a few weeks ago, but actually it's now much better and there's nothing much for us to do. Or there's no pain for us to examine, like how you explained earlier on, you know, you've helped pay the person's back and actually there's something mm. physically causing the issues. The second camp we see quite a lot. So as you described, scoliosis, so that's a kind of a lateral, so sideways deviation of the spine. And also maybe there's a discrepancy in the leg length actually causing a lot of problem because when there's a symmetry in the body, it means one side of the body might have to work harder, as you obviously know. Uh, and then one side may contract more, one side may be shorter, one side may have to get a little bit harder just to support the structure in that way. And very often it creates a pain in that way. Now, interestingly, as I mentioned, I'm a psychiatrist, so the pain that I see quite often nowadays actually is in the third camp is whatever you do, they're in pain. I just had this client told me the other day, literally, I think over the weekend, he had a surgery a few years ago about one of his joints and because it's constantly pain, the doctor told him you need to, you know, get this surgically corrected and sorted. He told me as soon as he woke up, he was in pain. And a surgery. So exactly, that was my reaction. I was like, interesting, because that tell me, even when we give you the most drastic intervention, mm. we can't get you out of pain, which suggests to me there's something deeper. Interesting, because because normally when you look at sort of something like a back pain, you I mean, what are the variables involved in it? You've got um, you've got the, the spinal bony structure itself. So that's one thing. Then you've got the discs that are then in that's another thing and you've then got the muscle wraps around that and the way the nerves wrap around it as well is another thing <clears throat> the majority of things that i see is i tend to see a huge amount of tension in the top part of the body hmm. and i see all of the mobility in people's backs coming from the lower part of the body so i see on, a, on an ongoing common basis what i tend to see is i see a lot of a huge amount of tension across shoulders, the neck. And, and often this comes from, you know, the world, you know, the weight of the world on the shoulders, you know, driving style, desk style. Um, quite often responses, like physical responses to situations, mm -hmm. 
people will just naturally tense their shoulders up just as they go in towards us you know to do something so automatically you know there's this kind of movement into the shoulders in this way so i tend to see a huge amount of tension in the top part of the body now if something's tight and tense in the top part of the body what happens is that when they want to turn around, when they want to do any different thing, all of that goes into the lower part of the body. So actually what's happening is that the lower part of the body is actually compensating for all the movements that should be done in the top part of the body. So what I tend to see is I tend to see often massive amounts of tension there and increased mobility in the lower part, which causes a huge issue. And so when we start to look at the structure of the spine, I, I, I'm kind of almost because of the tension in the top part, there's almost overuse in the lower part. So it's, it's doing much more than it actually should be doing. So from my experience, um, rather than focus on the lower part in that situation, I tend to focus on the top part to take the pressure off that area. So then it has a knock on effect into the lower area. So mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of interesting. But when you start to look at, the spine and, and look at the variables of what happened and for me an accurate diagnosis is hugely hugely important because i think one of the issues is is that we tend to do lots of guessing um and, and guessing is is you know we can't actually see inside a body from looking at it on the outside you know we can see the effects of things like yes we might have sciatic pain so a pain down the back of the neck or for moral pain like pain down the front of the leg or we you know we can we can do various different there's there's this huge numbers of tests and checks aren't there for back pain mm -hmm. yeah, yeah which is kind of interesting and it, it, i think we really need to sort of begin to understand what is going on with something so that we can really know what we need to do about it and actually how we need to change our lifestyle or, or change the way that we're doing something or work with what we've got in order to actually reduce the pain um, I find that fascinating because almost like the saying goes, you, we do carry the weight of the world around our shoulder, isn't it? Because when I see back pain, we, as doctors, we usually very much focus in the lower back. We will examine the whole of the spine usually, but yeah. uh, maybe we would less focus on the tension around the shoulder. So I think in yoga, I see that more, but in medical world, it's not something that I would tend to examine, which is fascinating. We do the palpation just like you would. We ask the people to actually mobilize and show their range of movements. Mm -hmm. And also we often would do scan, as you said, like x-rays, but actually one of the better scan or one of the best scan for back is actually, as you know, it's the MRI scan right. because it differentiates between the bone, which is quite a dense structure and the mm -hmm. muscles and sometimes the nerve quite nicely. Yeah. But what you have explained makes so much sense because with the weight on the shoulder, actually all the weight landed on the back and it causes a lot of the issues that I see quite commonly is a disc prolapse or prolapse disc, as you know, or disrupture sometimes, because mm -hmm. the disc is like a gel. gel. That's how, that's yeah. how I got I'm on spinal surgeon. But it's how I've been explained to me is um, it's like a gel-like structure that's in between the bones. Mm. This uh, shock absorbent, it actually allows the bone to move quite nicely. It's a bit bound so that, you know, all the jelly doesn't quite move uh, out to the side. And on the side of these gel disc and as well as the spine itself, it, there are the nerves. The problem is, as you described, if you're having lots and lots of weight on the shoulder and you're basically overusing the top half of the body, putting a lot of pressure into the lower half of the body, mm. plus any sort of slightly less good angle of movement like a, a lot of times like lateral movement or rotational movement it can really cause issues into the disc um causing it to prolapse or rupture so that's the thing that i see quite often actually right. 
So, so what you find, and what I've come across quite a bit, is I've I've come across um, damage to the facet joints. So actually, um, just the joints that connect the spinal vertebrae together. Um, I've seen quite a bit of damage there. I've also come across um, a huge amount of different variables with regard to discs. And you can have a disc that moves in any direction. So a disc can move, you know, it can move to one side, it can move to the other side, it can move diagonally, it can move backwards, it can move forwards. And basically how the disc moves is the person will show you by the way that they actually, what they favour. So, you know, quite often the person's stance will actually show you, you know, what's going on with the with, with actually with the discs. Um, and sometimes I've seen it move, I've seen it completely compressed, um, I, I've actually seen it completely disintegrated as well. I, I remember one of my first x-ray situations where I was I was working in a clinic and um, everyone brought their x-rays in and, and one chap we saw his x-ray and put it up onto the onto the the um, onto the screen. Box. yeah and as it was we got it up there it was like there was no disc in there at all but guess what he was in no pain mm. I was, I, and he was only forced to come into the clinic because of his family. And then actually the next case that we had after that was really interesting because he also, he had a huge amount of pain, but when we put his x-ray up there, there was nothing. We could not find a single thing. Mm. So this kind of begs the question for me, what, what pain is? Because when we're talking about that pain, when we're talking about pain, pain, for me, pain is, is the body's only way of communicating with you. You know, it's, it, you know, the body has to be able to communicate something. So it's telling you that you need to identify something or identify what's going on. You know, is, is there quite often we'll, we will have a feeling that within back pain that, you know, and quite quite often people will say, oh, the pain is all across the lower back, you know, and I'll say, well, is it more on one side or the other side? They say, no, 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 it's all across the lower back. And actually, what, as we come to go through and assess the person, suddenly they'll go, actually, it's on this side and not the other side. And so we start to begin to uncover lots of things about how what the body is telling you, because pain can actually be pain or it can be referral, like you said earlier, from another place. You know, it can refer from somewhere else. Or that's what I find quite interesting. Sorry to jump back into pregnancy. I feel quite kind of. Um, could you also with the weight of the baby could you also get a quite a lot of um, movement within what sort of back pains occur within pregnancy so in pregnancy mm. i think it depends on the trimester more and more uh, advanced you're in the tri trimester and gestation the more as uh, so the, the weeks that you are pregnant the more advanced you are most likely you have more pain just because of physically you have more and more weight yeah. But sometime in the second uh, trimester onwards, so it's like something like 18 weeks onward up until about 24 weeks, maybe even 30, um, all the way to 32 weeks, sometimes it can be a bit of ligament. So it, like internal ligament get trapped. And mm -hmm. most of the time you feel at the front, but sometimes occasionally I can hear people more to the side and slightly feel felt in the back. But more often than not, it, but the pain comes in the last trimester, so the third trimester, when the weight is really quite a lot so babies are at the front of the big tummy and babies more in the front so then the back has to work really extra hard in order to balance the weight and as you described you know sometimes you can see a almost like exaggerated lordosis so you see more of a curving inward mm. of the spine uh, going forward to balance the weight 
Um, and again, I've described pelvic pain already where the joint itself is slightly more mobile and so like the mo mobility actually can cause a bit of discomfort as well. Mm. Um, is that what you mean? Yes, because I, I find it quite interesting because we've got a, a natural situation um, where we actually don't need to prepare for childbirth. In fact, it, you know, it, we don't need to loosen any 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 muscles up and remember that the ligaments and tendons only have what five percent mobility to them yeah yeah so actually we're better off not loosening them we'll let the hormones do that for them do you see what i mean because actually when you start to overstretch something then you create another issue i i agree i think the body has a really good mechanism and wisdom in how it works or in in pregnancy itself most of the time, it, as you said, the hormones and that natural process and development actually prepare the body. Mm. I think slight caveat is I think nowadays, uh, especially if you work in a city, if you have a really busy lifestyle, as you said, then you sometimes have to do certain things in order to counter posture those things almost. I'm using a, a yoga term here. A counter posture, let's say, if you are in a job where you get to sit in a chair for five to eight hours a day and you don't actually get to mobilize a lot which is what we're meant to do we're meant to be walking around every now and then mobilize a little bit or you're on your feet all the time because you're rushing so much day to day to for your job or getting ready for your maternity leave getting ready for your home or you are moving home which seems to be a common thing that i've seen in my antenatal clinic it's, it's, it's a very common thing isn't it uh, how you know if you look at all the stressful things that you can put into one thing is that you need to move home um you have to redecorate redecorate um yeah change job do numbers yeah. of other different things all at the same time um but there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes on there because you've got you know you've got this body that's going through these changes you're going through those changes as well you're creating that relationship and but you've also got this huge amount of pain that starts to come in you've got sort of like discomfort in particular places you've got that numbness in the feet you know pins and needles in, in certain limbs and so, so there's there starts to be sort of numbers of different symptoms that come up as part of this mm. um and not just in pregnancy if we it, it, what what sort of symptoms because pain is the body's way of communicating something to you and it could be that it's communicating to you that actually you just need to do some movement or it could be communicating to you that actually the pattern that you're taking there's insufficient use of the body so you're sitting at a desk for eight hours and actually you need to change the pattern of what you're doing or you know you've done that for a certain amount of time so what what's what sort of what what kind of symptoms are people experiencing with back pain so i find pain fascinating because as you know in in, in nhs we actually dedicate a special specialist clinic to pain a pain clinic because i think everyone's pain experience so different there are really sharp and sudden pain where as i said you know if you pull muscle somewhere it's tend to be quite focused it's right here on this part of my back on the right side you know two inches above here where you're poking so very 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 specific because something is hurt and damaged mm. but then that's most of the time pain can be quite vague as you said it's like not quite sure it's the left or right maybe it's more in the middle actually it's slightly further up slightly further down it's kind of like achy kind of comes and goes don't know when it comes don't know when it goes um it's a bit throbbing at time if you're warm so there's loads and loads and loads of description and almost like most of the other pathology i've seen 
almost no two pains are the same between two people. Or sometimes even within the same person, the pain evolves. Mm. We, we break pain down into those areas as well. So we look at, we classify pain into three different areas. Um, the first one is, is a kind of like a, a, a kind of like almost a random pain. Mm. Um, and, and this is this random pain. It, it comes, it goes, it moves from place to place. It doesn't form a, a, you know, a rhythm. And then we also put pain into, into kind of like sharp and burning pain. So it's kind of like, it's, it's targeted, it's sharp, it's burning. Um, there's a specificity with it as well. And you know, it's there, you kind of, it, it almost, it creates that sort of response where you don't want to move at all in case that pain comes. So in fact, that pain actually causes a barrier with some people with regard to doing movements or, or, or looking at getting better because actually they just do not want that sharp pain ever again to go anywhere near them. And then you've got this kind of deep underlying deep throbbing pain, you know, that kind of sort of like really deep within the system that is, is there. Um, you know, so it, it could be on the left or the right side, often the lower back down to the buttock area, just something like that, where it's kind of like this deep throbbing thing or in between the shoulder blades or on the top of the shoulder blades, the scapular area, this area here, I see a lot of deep throbbing pain there. Um, sharper pain I see more in the center of the back and also into the lower back. Um, and random pain I see all over the body. Randomly. Yeah, randomly. Finally, the description how people anticipate pain is a very important element as well because i think emotional and psychological factor plays hugely into pain the loads and loads of study that shows a person who's suffering from depression and anxiety they tend to experience pain more severely they will raise their pain higher usually in in general mm. but also i think this anticipation almost like the fear of pain does make pain worse um, I occasionally do the blood tests uh, because we need to do a lot of monitoring for like liver function, kidney function, or drug levels. Some people are really scared of the needle, and I almost find more often than not the anticipation, the fear of the pain that's coming is much worse than the actual small needle that's going into their arm. Right. And once when you once you've done it, it's like oh, actually it's not as bad as I thought it would be. So that is very fascinating as well. But this is very much linked to the nervous system as well really linked to the nervous system because if you think about it is 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 this is it's a stress response and so what's happening is that there's the anticipation of pain and that is combined with the memory of pain and also the direct experience of pain that they've had so we've got this kind of this 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 sort of what do you call it a, a tripod a triad of, of of kind of you know you've got these sort of three things that are coming together all around pain which actually yeah it's exactly like that so you've got these three sort of things coming together about pain that actually it it almost stops someone from sort of moving forward they just don't want to go there um because i've, I've actually come across this quite a bit with where people have had and uh, do experience pain but actually don't want to deal with it because they don't want to get to be flared up to get worse you know when they do anything about it suddenly it increases so i think that actually there isn't a set formula or i haven't seen a set of movements and i always get asked this you know it's one of the questions i get asked is that you know is there a, what which position is really good for back pain i'm serious you know, and actually, believe it or not, is breathing is better for back pain than positions. You know, it's very, very, you can do amazing things with gentle movement and breathing, incredible things, but it has to be done in the right direction for 
what's happening with the person. So there isn't a formula or even a set of movements that miraculously get a person out of back pain. And I, and I think that what you discussed earlier is that actually all spines are different. And that means that the issue itself is different. And that means the solution needs to be different rather than actually a generic solution applied to it. Does that make any sense? Mm. And I think in the West, more and more, we are also recognizing that gentle movement and breathing, gentle breathing is actually helpful for a lot of condition. Mm. Just before I joined, I was reading a, one of these new paper in the, my medical journal where there we are recognizing that sometimes after like a COVID infection, you have a lot of shortness of breath, like breathlessness sensation. Actually, one of the guidelines saying with guided or, you know, careful, gentle movement and breathing actually can be helpful. Mm. So I really agree with pain. I think it's the same as well. There's the gentleness in, in both the movement and the breathing, but that can really help the system much deeper. Because yeah. like you said, um, is that it's a stress response to the pain that can make it worse. But if it's an acute stress response, let's just say, for example, someone get into a car crash, very often you see people walking out of the car as if they're not really in that much pain because the shock of it, actually raising the adrenaline and the cortisol and steroids actually make the body almost a little bit numb and because the body's response is like you either have to fight or you have to run away. So actually there's no time for you to kind of experience the pain. Right. Now, the interesting thing is the same person, like three, six months down the line, get behind the wheel having a bit of memory of what has happened and transpired because they probably will feel the pain in their body later on that pain that stress response incorporated with the memory like you said is going to be so so much worse even when the stimuli itself or stimulus itself is actually not that much interesting interesting so for for me approaching this and, and the approach to this i think is important because again the, the question comes you know what do i do about my back pain my back pains is so much back what do i do and almost when we're in pain there's an urgency there isn't any patience at all is there so we actually we go around and we try thirty-seven thousand things you know one thing after another after another and is it the culmination of all those things that helps or is it that actually it's the time frame that helps or what happens to get us out of pain um, so I saw someone recently who their spine, they, they just felt like they, their spine just collapsed. And in, in, in yoga, there's the terminology for the back is that which supports you. So that's what it's translated as that which supports you. And as I was explaining it to them, they said, that's exactly how it's felt. I felt that I had my support taken away and my back just collapsed completely and utterly. And as we were discussing this, we were going through this, we were sort of looking at, okay, we've got this situation. Is it a just a purely physical approach with regard to this? Or is it that actually our approach needs to be very psychological? And I think that at the moment, you've got a number of things that are going on. And, 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 and I think that as you were discussing earlier, we need to look not just physically, but we also need to look at the psychology of back pain as well. As you're saying that, my mind gone off a slight tangent, which hopefully is relevant. Mm. As you said before, pain is the body's way of communicating to the body where there's mm. something that's not right, something that either is a discomfort or inappropriate use, overuse, underuse that needs to be pay attention to. I actually also find that in at least people that I meet or clients or patients, pain is a very 
good and effective language of communicating what is actually deep in their system to another being as well. Because mm-hmm. if I tell you, actually, I'm suffering a lot, this is happening to me, that is happening to me, it just like that's how the pain presents sometimes is quite vague, it's quite hard to be understood. But if I'm telling you I'm in pain, mm-hmm. it's actually really effective because the other person most likely will have similar experience one way or another of having pain. They can get to actually understand and it almost invites attention to that person. It's like, oh, what do you mean by that? What else can we do? How can we help? But but also, I mean, it it look it looks at a number of things because it looks at that type of thing. So, putting ourselves in the hands of another person, mm. and whether we actually go down that route to put ourselves in the hands of another person, or whether we put ourselves in the hands of another person, but yet don't want them to help with regard to the issue, and we want just to be looked after. One of the biggest sort of pieces of advice that I give is that is approaching back pain is to is actually it's it's a, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity to actually make friends with the body because quite often there's a, a, some sort of something's happened there's some sort of disconnection that's occurred and almost in a way the body's let them down or they're punishing the body or they want to separate from the body but actually in order to work with it the first step for me is to actually begin to make friends with the body which means that there has to be quite a bit of kindness gentleness there's got to be uh, almost a, a, a we use the word compassion a compassionate approach and compassion is a it, it, it's there isn't a, an expectation it's 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 a very caring gentle approach to to working with the body and mm-hmm. when quite often when i discuss this people tend to get quite upset because they realize that actually they've been fighting or they've been ignoring or they've been pushing or they've been not feeling and they actually, it's a pattern that they've created within their lives, but it's also a pattern that they will pick up on when they want to sort out their back pain. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I need to go and see this, I need to do that, I need to do the other, I need to get the, and, and actually, are you just taking meds? Are you just hoping for the best? Are you avoiding the whole thing? Or are you actually looking to change the interaction that you're having with yourself? And I think mm-hmm. this is a kind of like a very important thing for me with regard to back pain. Hmm. And it's how we use the tools. So how I'll use breathing or how I'll use gentle movement is to actually teach someone how to make friends with themselves, how to get some success through movement. So there's a reduction of pain or there's a, a, a pacification of the nervous system in a particular way. Mm. It's then also approach that sometimes you actually have to introduce people to the concept of pain as well like the client that you mentioned who you saw the x-ray where almost the one part of the disc or the back is actually disintegrating and you feel nothing because mm-hmm. that to me almost signified that that person is this almost like dissociating to, from what is happening to his body or her body or their body uh, and how is is there then as part of the way to help that person is to introduce them to the concept of what is actually happening meaning you probably should be in some sort of pain and and the question is 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 i'll ask this quite a bit how are you feeling what do you feel how does that feel how does this feel and not obsessively but i'll be doing it so that we get this kind of connectivity and we'll use 
lots of touching with regard to this so that someone gets a sense of feeling in their body comes back into their body because quite often you know that there isn't that feeling you know there's a blocking out of pain that happens Hmm. now pain can you is there anything i need to know about nerve synapses and pain so nerve synapses is that's the kind of how one nerve communicate to the other nerve or one part of the brain one part of the nervous system is uh, connected to another Mm. one so Mm. it changes by electronic electrical signaling so it kind of one set off the other and then the next one gets set off so they get passed on and these all happen very very quickly different nerve thickness of nerve and um if they are wrapped by certain sheaths so that they can help uh, with conduction and things like that carries different um information so some some nerves are carrying information about heating some um nerves are carrying information about pressure proprioception pain sharp pain like more diffuse pain but one thing that's very interesting i know we talked about this quite a few times is actually What's the interesting thing about the nervous system? It had this uh, almost like a neuroplasticity. So the more you signal about something, the more you almost reinforce it. So if the pain synapses has been, you know, fired up so many times or been reminded of so many times, both physically, psychologically, emotionally, actually get stronger and get fi- fired up even faster next time. Right. So in fact by us focusing on the pain we reinforce the and, and and increase the growth of nerve synapses associated with that painful area very much so interesting interesting so distraction is a very good technique as well <laughs> and placebo is also a very very good technique as well as i found really i've seen i've seen a program um once I think it's on BBC where I think a GP get invited to someone's home actually look after someone who has chronic back pain and this person on a lot of medications so in pain medication you have so many different varieties you have like as simple as paracetamol then you have something that is like a non-steroidal so usually ibuprofen um things that are very very helpful because they take down the inflammation but at the same time can potentially cause other issues like bleeding ulcers in your stomach and things like that but then you can move even stronger towards your opiate so that your weaker opiate like your codeine and stronger opiate like your morphine or even and all the other fancy things um that you can use as well gabapentin so on and so forth so this gp visited someone who's suffering so much pain actually on quite a few of these different painkillers um and then they found that just like we discussed, sometimes the pain almost have no pattern. They can use certain painkillers, like strong painkillers, the pain still wouldn't get reduced too much. Sometimes they use something as simple as paracetamol and ibuprofen, the pain is almost completely gone. And actually he was like, well, why don't we just humor me? Why don't we do a little bit of experiments like for two to three days, I think, mm. which is kind of unlabel everything we standardize most of the tablets and you just take like a different regime and i'm going to ask you to raise your pain the person who take the painkillers and who's suffering pain wouldn't know what medication he actually has taken but actually after three days time it's like well since you have no pattern let's experiment and find out mm. and as discover and confirm actually there's almost no correlation to the painkiller that he used to the pain that he's feeling so that's a huge amount of psychological influence into it and placebo plays into it as well sometimes the 
thinking of I'm taking have taken some painkillers actually can also help with the pain. Right. So in fact, we need to begin to differentiate structural issues from psychological issues. Because yep. actually you have a structural issue that becomes a psychological issue or a psychological issue that can become a structural issue. And psychosomatic. And there's also got to be some honesty around the whole thing as well, because I think that it, you know, we, we've got to, if what we're doing is that we are, we've had, we've got, we've got this, this, this issue, this back pain issue has come from, it comes from somewhere, you know, it, whether it's hereditary, whether it's um, come from misuse of the body, whether it's come from, you know, insufficient use of the body, it, it you know, whether it's to do with any any structural imbalance or issues, um, whether it's to do with in, inappropriate use or awkward use of the body, it there, there's there's there is a reason for it, and there is also a way of working with it as well. But it means that the, we have to be able to use the body in a way that doesn't increase the issue that we've got. So, if I push very very hard. Like let's say, you know, actually I've got back pain and what I do is I do, you know, bouncing forward bends every single day to stretch my back out. And yes, the first few of them are really, really painful, but after a while, you know, the, the pain goes and I think, well, that's, that's a good, you know, that's really helped. And I'm sort of bouncing with the body really, really hard. Um, but every day I wake up with back pain. It, it's almost that it's, our approach is actually increasing the, this, this, issue mm. and so we have to discover something new about ourselves we have to sort of begin to realize how how do we actually come to create and do movements and then have an awareness about how we come to create and do movements because certain movements as as i discovered when we're looking at back pain is that probably the majority of back pain you can help with one particular direction within the body another the, the, there's a minority which is in the other direction of moving the body so one with regard to flexion the other with regard to extension of the spine and so when we're starting to look at the, the actual structure and working with the structure it, it can go in several different directions but if it's psychological then we need to be quite clever in our approach and that cleverness means that we have to change, change the relationship the person is having with themselves and how they have with that movement as well and that takes some honesty mm. because they have to identify what's agitated and what works well. And they have to really consider about looking to maintain and protect what they've got. And quite often we want to sort of improve what we've got again and again and again. And we get frustrated with the fact that we've got an issue rather than think that actually we need to protect and maintain what we have. Mm. I think you're talking about what direction of the body is taking actually potentially can cause the pain is a really good one. Another yeah. one that just came to me is also what is the pain preventing us from mm. doing as well, which is yeah. another one. Um, mm. Just for humor, 40% of um, they miss day off from work is actually caused by back pain. So maybe work is a big factor. I don't know. But the clinical example that made me think of what I said, just said is, um, I think a few years ago, I saw a lovely lady, mid-50s, who lived with her teenage daughter. 
Farifer, sadly, she um, slipped in in her shower, I think. And so it caused quite a lot of like bruising in her back and things like that. So it causes a lot of pain. She also suffered a little bit of low mood as well. So that's partly why I've seen her. Unfortunately, over the course of the next six, 12 months, her pain just doesn't seem to get any better at all. She has a little bit of weight on her as well. So it prevented her to do a lot of the exercise that she can do, like with physiotherapy, to just move herself out of pain. She finds it quite difficult to um, like mobilize, quite difficult to walk and lift. Actually, a lot of her daily function she needed to be supported by her teenage daughter who I think as a, as our relationship in care gone on she uh, the daughter has turned 17 or 18 so getting ready towards the stage where she will leave home and going to university after having done her A-level and that was the interesting bit we understand the pain we understand this real cause of pain we're not trying to say that her pain is completely in her head because it came from a slipping it came from a physical damage we understand the depression or the mood has helped her to have feel even more pain than usually would and her weight might have prevented her to mobilize. But what is very interesting is the closer it is to her daughter leaving home. So like things when her daughter gets results, which is very, very encouraging, or when the daughter going to open days, going to interviews, her pain will get worse. Mm. And it was at one point we have to have a very honest conversation, as you said, is there part of a reason why, or part of that anxiety and nervousness about your daughter leaving home to university somewhere outside where, not very close to where you live at the moment, actually can induce the pain as well? Because that at least that's the pattern that we observed. Yeah. So I think sometimes what's the pain preventing us from doing or achieving? I think it's also interesting. And, and, I, and I, I see quite a lot of this in relationships as well with regard to pain and also the 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 trap that keeps someone in pain mm. and and for me the question is how delicately we can tread in order to navigate this because it, it it's possible to 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 come out of this type of thing it really is um i usually much more blunt than you are much less finesse <laughs> just answer the question <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've learned so much from you about being direct. Me, I, I'm very, I, I, I kind of, I ask a question so that what the question does is it helps the person to actually, you know, reflect on it and then come back with a, with an idea. I've learned so much about questioning from you. I apologize for my directness, but that would be a lie. <laughs> so we, we kind of, so I, I found that, I've got sort of two different categories of of um, back pain, those that are aggravated by forward bending and those that are aggravated by backward bending. And it's not as simple as we kind of we make them out to be. Um, so if, to give an example for the gentleman I spoke about earlier on with regard to deadlifting, um, it, it, you'd think that because the vertebrae were moving in the opposite direction so they were moving in the lumbar vertebrae were moving outward so it was almost flattening the curvature of his spine because you remember like you said that the, the the basis of the the spine is that it's there for suspension and so actually we need to have that beautiful curvature within the spine and, and there's there was a lot of talk many years ago about oh straighten this or, or tuck this under and straighten the spine and, and actually what it does is it causes a problem so it's good to have a nice curvature so this gentleman had this this curvature this movement that went out and um 
in a way, you kind of think, well, what do I do with this? Because it, it should actually be all the way in. And his body is, is leaning forward like that, which actually says that he can't move any move backwards at all. So it means that we have to then break down our approach into small steps, which involve going along with the nature of the body. So what aggravates it and what doesn't aggravate it in order to help the person. So it's creating a series of different things and, 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 the, and the spine will actually teach you and show you what's going on and the direction to take because actually you need to get this curvature back again within the back um there are very rare cases that i come across where it's both forward and backward bend um, cause an issue um mm -hmm. I, i've also found that quite often twists cause issues as well um, and, and interestingly enough, in, in yoga classes is to allow the body just to freely twist. So there's how, how the spine is with an axial rotation is that you can work with the top part of the body to create an axial rotation, or you can work with the lower part of the body to create an axial rotation. But if I was to, let's say, in a class to lock my legs firmly tightly and keep a stability in my pelvis and just move the body, what would that do within the spine? Hmm. Create a lot of tension. Right. And so, in fact, actually, I'm using the legs as levers up into the pelvis, but allowing those that those levers to move based on the movement and mobility that's present within the spine. It's mm. um, and when we're working with back pain, it's it, it, it's hugely important to remove lots of different rules that were rules that were put in place about how something should be for someone. Mm. Actually, when they're in pain, we do everything so there is no pain, no pain. Yeah. Which means very, that we, very adapt, we adapt absolutely everything. We change everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm coming to look at back pain and I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at how someone takes an approach with something, like how they enjoy to do something, I don't want to take that enjoyment from them, but I want to adapt and modify everything so that in life, and that means looking at their lifestyle, you know, the, as with someone recently who had a huge amount of back pain from gardening, Mm. gardening and loves gardening but always we say to them you've got to stop gardening i'm afraid you know you mm. know you've got this. no we have to we have to look at what they do look at what they enjoy and then adapt and modify things so that actually we provide the solutions that really help them to deal with it so we give them small movements to do we give them small exercises to warm up and also at the end of the day to actually you know relax the body at the end of the day so actually they can keep doing the things that they enjoy so the approach taken to back pain is, is based on, you know, what the person does, where they are in their life, what they're involved in, what's going on with them, what the, how the pain's presenting itself. So I, I think that, that we, and I, and I really do believe that we are now becoming much more intelligent in our approach to back pain and much wiser with it as well. So we're actually looking to use the whole body and use everything rather than specifically work at one particular point. So I really like your approach in you know, helping people to prepare for and also kind of warm down from things that they enjoy mm. and in order to kind of, in our approach, achieve no pain, no pain. Mm. But what if someone enjoy pain? I've met more than one person where they use pain as in almost as a as a conduit to feel their body 
you know, as people who train really, really hard, people who enjoy sometimes just massage that is really, really hard and they can feel everything. It's like, this is good, this is good. Mm. And I can feel it. What what do you do? Because actually, as we keep saying, the whole time we almost felt like pain is some signals telling us we need to stop doing, from, uh, you know, stop doing what we're doing or we need to change what we're doing because the body doesn't like it. But what if the person developed such a relationship that they're actually starting to enjoy the pain? Well, then we need to go with the evidence. I remember meeting this bodybuilder and he had really, really bad back pain. And we gave him some very, very, very gentle practices with movement and breathing. And he was just complete. He was like completely frustrated by it because it wasn't big movements. It wasn't powerful movements. It wasn't the movements he was used to. It wasn't the approach that he had with regard to how he could feel something being successful. However, his back pain reduced. And that evidence was humbling enough for him. Mm. However, it was in a clinic where we saw him every single day for 10 days in a row. I would say that if that had been based on me being located in London, they come to see me once and they wouldn't come back again. You know, because sometimes this is what people do is they kind of go, this isn't working and go off somewhere else because they want something where they have that feeling. Yeah. Or sometimes they get challenged so much they don't want to come back. Yeah. I remember I have a client who comes to see me once a week where because of certain competition, like physical activity competition, they have to train very, very, very hard. Mm. Uh, it causes a lot of issues in towards their back. Mm. In order to move themselves out of pain, they start seeing a specialist who actually train in a specific way to learn how to use their knees and legs. But actually the movement that he got taught from that specialist is quite, quite strong. So from what I can see, as you said, the evidence I can see is actually adding to the tension to the back where sometimes he come to see me almost like walking slightly limply and at any standing posture he's like oh god this is causing too much pain so mm. we have to go to a direction where it's like you just lie on your front yeah. take the pressure off the body completely and then we just kind of slowly do some gentle stretching one way or another and breathing you know to move yourself out of pain so we have to understand exactly how the body is being used i think mm. that's a very important thing so is such an important point because if there is if there is a pain in the in the locomotor or the structural system we've got to understand how it's used we need to understand the activities the person does and that includes all the different training aspects that they come to do or not do because and we also need to understand their lifestyle okay because quite frankly some people's lifestyle it, it just it, it, it you understand why they're in pain the final thing is this, this their psychological attitude so in fact we, we're looking when we're looking at back pain and we're looking at people we need to begin to understand these three things but also within that is we need to begin to understand about their insufficient use of their body or their lack of physical maintenance because some people actually don't maintain their body and wonder why it starts to fall apart and, and a body is there we have to maintain it some people go in the opposite directions there's an excessive use of the body and and there's excessive training of the bodies that almost they wear everything out mm. so with insufficient use we need to take small gradual steps just to begin to 
give some kind of success for people so that actually they can restore their strength and flexibility and reduce their pain. And in the opposite direction, when there's excessive use of the body um, and, and, and that excessive use, it's not just about reducing the activity, which, which will come, when, especially with weightlifters and, and in that area, but to pacify the pain, but also to begin to look at the understanding why that person wants to destroy themselves. Mm. And the final thing is looking at structural issues. And I think that within structural issues is how we can put in place various different things that that can help with body coordination, can create greater awareness. Um, yeah, it's, 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 so it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a hugely interesting area. Mm. I think sometimes, as well as psychological, there's a bit of cultural um, shift as well. Because I remember a few years ago, I was training up for a cycling trip from England to France. And as I was, as I was training, um, part of my body started getting a lot of pain because I injured it many years ago. It was part of my knee, one of my knees, sorry, part of one of my knee. Um, and I remember a, a very lovely teammate trying to help me to move, um, you know, train with this pain. She's like, just keep training, just keep going. We have to, you know, keep cycling, keep moving, push through the pain and you'll get better. That's how you get better. And I think that's this mentality as well, where actually I met more than once in different kind of physical training, physical activity, where almost we need to push through the pain boundary, pain barrier in order to get better. Because I know this teammate means really, really well. And, you know, they in no way were trying to hurt me. But something innately, as she says, like, it just doesn't quite make sense. I think pain is tell probably telling me that I need to stop. So I, I, I really like the approach of no pain, no pain. And, and, I, and I really like your understanding with regard to physical, psychological, and also psychosocial. So the impact of our society on this as well, because there's a lot of things at the moment that create pain. And we, rather than look to ourselves to navigate a way out of it, often we'll look to someone or something else to try and find a quick fix to get out of it. And actually, pain provides an opportunity for us to begin to understand ourselves and to have a better relationship with ourselves. I think this is the perfect point to end today's on. Oh, hey, good to see you. You too. And for those of you who are listening, please feel free to subscribe, share, and like. Tell other people that we're here. Thank you. Thanks.